Well, welcome to Life Church. I'm Aaron Cole, the senior pastor. It's great to have you with us this weekend. And we're in the middle of this series called Heart for the House. I would give you a scripture to go to, but I'm probably going to give you about a dozen or more. So I'd probably just much rather prepare you to, to write down some of these verses uh, and, uh, and just uh, kind of journey along with this as we talk this weekend about hearing the voice of God. I just want to talk to you about practically, does God speak? And if he does, how does he speak? And how do we know it's God and walking through that. In this series, the first weekend we talked about just kind of recapping a few things. One was, was vision. We talked about vision. That vision, it's the picture of a preferable future. That God has a vision for your life. God has a vision for my life. God has a, preferable pu- a picture of a preferable future for all of us. For Life Church as well. And, and that really what fuels that is passion. What, what is it that God's put in your heart? What's a desire? What's the thing that gets you up in the morning and puts you to bed at night? Uh, what's the thing that, that drives you? Because mission will, will, will draw you. You don't have to think about uh, vision. It, it'll draw you. It, 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 will, it will lead you. It, it's just something that God puts in your wiring that this is what you're called and what you're supposed to do. And mission is activated. We talked about this last weekend about living a life that's surrendered. When you're surrendered to God uh, and living a surrendered life where you're just palms up, God, whatever you want from me, whatever you want, whatever you need, I'm here. That activates that vision. It activates that passion. It gets us to a place where we can hear God's voice. And this weekend, I want to talk to you about hearing the voice of God. Uh, hearing the voice of God. You know, is it, is it a bad burrito or is it God talking? Have you ever wondered that? You know, is this really, is this me or is this God? Is this, is this, am I hearing the right stuff? Am I tuned in or is this just my emotion? That's really what I want to talk to you about. And this is important because first of all, it's like I said, I believe that God has a plan. God has a future for you and God wants to speak to you about your life. See, God works through authority. God won't speak to me about your life. Uh, about your family. God's going to speak to me about my family, about my life. God's going to speak to you about your family, about your life, about your business, about what God's put in your heart to do. And so the reality is that with that is that I believe God wants to speak to us. God wants to speak to you. I believe God as a, as a, as a body of believers is speaking to us and wants to continue to speak to us about what he's doing here in the future of Life Church. And as we're talking about this heart for the house, uh, you know, and, and what God wants to do from just to continue to expand what's happening here with facilities, which again are just seats. We're just providing seats. We provide the seats. God provides the souls. I mean, it's just that. It's just that simple. And so, um, and so, so you know, as we journey through this on March the twenty fourth and twenty fifth, that weekend, we're going to have a, a commitment weekend, and you're going to be getting this, and I'm going to be talking about this, and so I just want to kind of lay it out there. Uh, but but, uh, but you're, we're going to have a commitment weekend where that weekend you're going to have an opportunity to, um, to basically say, hey, this is what I feel like God's speaking to me or to my family about what we're supposed to do uh, for this heart for the house. We want to be a part of what God's doing here at Life Church, And so you're going to have an opportunity to do that as, as you hear from the voice of the Lord and as you do that. And I've said this many times, and I'll continue to say this. There's going to be different amounts, but there's going to be equal sacrifice. And the beauty of this is that when we get into that new facility, not for our own sake, but to be able to see people far away from God come to faith in Christ because we're providing seats, providing opportunities, the cool thing about that is everybody's going to have a part. 
And uh, if you, as you read scripture, you know, bottom line is, is you just do what God asks you to do. It's not a comparison game. It's not a, well, am I giving as much as so-and-so, and can I give the most, or I'm only going to be able to give the least. You know, Jesus encountered the, the widow's might and said, man, she gave all that she had. She's given more than anybody in the house today. She's given more than anybody because she's given out of her own need. She's given out of her own self. And so my desire for you and for us as we journey together as a church, and as we approach that 24th and 25th weekend, that we'll just say, God, what do you want me to do? What's going to be my part? And uh, I'm going to do my part. You're going to do your part. We're all going to do our part together. And together, we're going to see God continue to, to bless uh, this church in, 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 in a great way. I want to encourage you uh, that we've just finished this first week with these uh, devos. And if you haven't gotten those, just write on the back of your communication card. I'd love to get the Heart for the House uh, daily devotionals. We send those out. You can get those on the app. Uh, you can also get those um, online, and then we'll email them to you every day. That's been a blessing to me, uh, and, and I, I know what you're getting, so I'm getting them every day too. Uh, I want to encourage you to continue to make prayer a priority because, again, I really believe in this series. It's not, just a, it's not about a building. It's not just about life church. I believe God's going to do something in your life. I believe God has something for me to say to you today that's going to help you. And, and then... Over the next three weeks from now through March the 24th, 25th, I'm inviting you to join with me to do something I don't take very lightly, and that's called fasting, not eating. Will y'all pray for me? <laughs> Hallelujah. So, and I'm going to say right now, some people go, he's not going to eat for three weeks? No, you misunderstood what I just said. I'm not that spiritual. Um, what I am saying is, is that fasting is an activity. It's a spiritual discipline where we pull away from a normal activity. I eat eating is typically what it is. But it could be anything. And we just say, we're going to set aside that time, and we're just going to get alone and get with God. And just say, God, help me to get on your page. It's not about me saying, well, I'm going to afflict my body with pain by not eating. Although that may be true for some of us. Hallelujah. That's me. Right? Oh, God, I need that burrito right now. And so, but, but the deal is, is it's really more about me saying, hey, I'm going to push away from my normal activity, and I'm going to kind of find myself hide away with the Lord and just kind of get away with God and just say, God, I want to make sure I'm on your page. God, I want to make sure that I'm in alignment with you. God, I want to surrender and resurrender myself to you. And so um, on the backside of your communication card, you can actually check a box and say, hey, man, I'd be willing to, over the next three weeks, make this a, a priority in my life. But whether you do it one time, one meal, one day, every day, 21 days, that's between you and the Lord. If you check that box on the back side of your communication card, what's going to happen is you're going to get an email from me on Monday that's going to give you information, scriptures, uh, just kind of some, some just complete information. If you've never fasted before, it'll explain it. Uh, and if you have fasted before, it'll just be an encouragement to you. And so... Um, but again, we're on this journey, and I believe that God is speaking, and God wants to do something great. So let's talk about how do we hear God's voice? How do we hear it? We all want to hear God's voice. I don't know anybody that says, I don't really care if God speaks or not or whatever. Um, but the question is, a lot of times I get as a pastor is, can I hear the voice of God? Like, I'm not a pastor. I don't have a theological degree. Is that your job? And um, no, because God will speak to you about your life. God's not going to speak to me about your life. Do you understand that? God will speak to me as a senior pastor of the church about life church. The day I'm no longer the senior pastor of Life Church, he doesn't speak to me about Life Church. Makes sense? I am in a place and operating in a position under his authority and under the power of the Holy Spirit that as long as I'm here, that God will speak to me always about my life and about my family because that's 
that's me. But, but he will speak to me about us and where we're going and where, where we're doing. So can you hear the voice of God? You better. You, you better know what that sounds like and what that is. How do I know if it's God or if it's me? Uh, what does God's voice sound like? Uh, can, I, can I know for sure that it's God's voice? And, and probably, probably one of the greatest illustrations that we would share from me personally is my experience coming to Germantown. Germantown was one of those hearing the voice of God experience. I remember very, very clearly almost 10 years ago when God spoke to Tammy and I to move from Tulsa, Oklahoma, and to come to Germantown. And here's what I felt like the Lord said to me, and that is, is that I'm going to do a great job, I'm going to do a great work in this city, and I'm going to build a great church here. And we know, biblically, that's, that's how it works. So the, you know, the Bible says, he who labors, labors in vain, unless the Lord builds a church, unless he builds the house. And that, the, and that increase comes from Christ. So it doesn't come from me. It doesn't come from my ability. It doesn't come from my strength. It comes from him. Uh, uh, the Zechariah chapter 4, verse 7 says, It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And so we know that comes from the Lord. And so the Lord spoke very clearly to my heart and to Tammy's heart. I'm going to do a great work in this town. I'm going to build a great church in this town. And I'm simply asking you to be a part. I had a choice. You have a choice. We hear the voice of God. We can, do, we can obey. We can. Ten years later, you are the evidence you are the result of, you are the affirmation, if you would, that what I heard from the Lord was correct. Because 10 years later, God has grown this church greatly. 10 years later, um, you know, I mean, 10 years ago, I mean, we, we, we were renting space. 10 years later, we own the shopping center. I mean, they're just, ten, you know, the souls and lives and all of that that have been changed. Um, so here's what the Bible says. I'm going to give you two verses right off from the very beginning. What the Bible says about hearing the voice of God. First is Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21. And it says this, Whether you turn to the right or you turn to the left, your ears will hear the voice behind you saying, This is the way, walk in it. Or the King James Version would say, This is the way, walk ye in it. How many of you would love for the voice of God to be that clear in your life? Because that's what Isaiah said. That's how clear it can be. That you will hear the voice of the Lord, and he will say, this is the way, walk ye in it. This is the way, walk in it. John chapter 10, verse 27, just so you don't think I'm going old school, Old Testament. Let's take it to the New Testament, to the New School. Jesus said, my sheep listen to my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. My sheep listen to my voice. So that would deduct that we have to hear the voice. They listen to my voice. They know, and I know them, and they follow me. Interesting. They hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. You know, it's important that we hear the voice of God, isn't it? It is. And some of you go, man, I have no clue what you're talking about, how to do this. I've never heard a message on this. But that's what Jesus said, is we the sheep, he the shepherd. That's how we as Christ followers are likened to the scripture. It's a metaphorical uh, 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 phrase or phraseology, basically that he's the shepherd, the great shepherd, and we're his sheep, the sheep of his pasture. Um, and the book of Psalms is, is just littered with examples of that. Yea, thou walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for thy rod and thy staff will comfort me. Those are, all, those are all illustrations pointing back to who Jesus is and to the great shepherd. So if we're his sheep, if we're Christ followers, we'll hear his voice and we'll know it. How do you know someone's voice? By hearing it. How do you hear somebody's voice? By someone speaking. So he's speaking. You go, man, this is scaring me because if he's speaking and I'm not hearing, then, well, then the Bible says that I know them. There's a lot of people in life that may know who I am. 
I meet people sometimes that I don't know them, but they know me. You ever had that experience? Like you're there with your spouse, and you're like, hey, how you doing? What's going on? You walk away, and your spouse goes, who is that? I have no clue who that was, right? But there's one person. It's more important that, that I, they better know me, and that's Jesus. Because the Bible says that while I not stand before God, he will call my name. He will call me to him. That the Bible says right there in that verse, in verse 27, that I know them. And that they follow me. How do we follow him? Because we know him and he knows us. And we do that. Why? Because we know his voice. God speaks to every Christ follower. Some of you, this is new. God speaks to every Christ follower. Somebody's going, oh, okay, he's going to go super charismatic on us. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. He speaks to every Christ follower. That's exactly what it says right there. And if someone says he doesn't speak, they've got a listening problem, not a speaking problem. There's a listening problem, not a speaking problem. It's not that God doesn't speak. It's that we don't hear. And some people, well, I don't hear the voice of God. Well, just because I can't hear doesn't mean that there isn't a sound. Have you ever been around dogs before? Like dogs. Not dog people, but dogs, right? You know, you've been around hound dogs and, 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 and hunting dogs and, and all types of dogs. You've been around dogs before. And a dog trainer will use a dog whistle. And when the dog whistle goes off, you don't hear anything. But that dog sure hears something, right? Because the frequency of that whistle is beyond the, audibi- uh, the, the audible uh, nature of the human ear. It is designed in such a way that the frequency is so high that we on a human level don't hear it, but those dogs hear it because their hearing is way more sensitive than ours. So for someone to say, well, he's blowing a whistle, but I don't hear it, and if I can't hear it, it doesn't exist, really makes him look like an idiot, especially around dog trainers. Because they understand that the sensitivity of a dog's ear and hearing is much greater than that of a human. And, and what I'm trying to say to you is just because you don't hear something doesn't mean God isn't speaking. Just because you say, I have a tr- trouble hearing this doesn't mean it's not happening. It may very well be that God is speaking, but your ears are not in frequency of what he wants to say. That you're not positioned to be able to hear what he wants to hear. Because all the white no- noise in the background of your life is going. All the busyness of your life is going. Everything of your life, you're spinning wheels and making deals. And, you're, and the Holy Spirit is a gentleman and he's not going to push his way. And just because I can't hear doesn't mean they're a sound. That's the reason why so few people can speak about the things of God legibly. Think about this for a minute. People that, have, that are hearing impaired have a very difficult time speaking. Is there something wrong with their mouth or with their tongue from a physical stance? No. What's the problem? It's not the mouth. It's the hearing. Because I can't hear, I don't know what this sounds like. Because I can't hear, I don't know what to say. Because I've never heard, I don't have the ability to speak. So my problem to speak is not a speaking mouth problem. It is a hearing problem. And the reason why so few people know how to spiritually speak into their kids' lives is not because they don't have the ability to speak, because they don't have the ability to hear. The reason why so many fathers don't lead in the home in authority is not because they don't have the ability to, is not because they can't hear, it's because they can't speak, because they're not listening to the voice of the Lord. So many people go, I don't know what to say in this instance. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit will give you the words to say when you don't know what to say. How do you know that? Because the voice of the Lord speaks, but you have to listen. And unless you listen, and unless 
unless you tune your hearing to that, you'll never be able to speak because, because your inability to hear prohibits your ability to speak. That's the reason why a lot of pastors stand behind a lot of pulpits and they say a bunch of garbage that sounds like Charlie Brown's teacher. Wah, 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 wah. And it's boring as homemade soap because they've not gotten alone with the Holy Spirit, with the great shepherd, and listened to the voice of the shepherd and listened to it to be able to speak to it. Because unless I can hear, I cannot speak. But if I can speak, it deducts the fact that I can hear. And if I can hear, I know he is mine. He knows that I'm his. And I will follow his voice and I will not be led astray. I'm telling you, I'm preaching better than you're shouting. Because here's the reality is, is that God still speaks. So it's not a speaking problem, it's a hearing problem. And today the question isn't, do I know the word of God? It's, do I know the voice of God? Because some crusty Christian, while I'm talking, is crossing their arms going, Well, bless God, I've been around longer than you have. I've been saved. I can quote scripture left and right. Listen, anybody who's literate can know the word of God. But only a follower of Jesus Christ can know the voice of God. And you better know both. But if you have to know one of the two, you better know the voice more than you know the word. Because I've sat under theologians and people on secular universities who understand the, back, the Bible backwards and forwards, but yet they're, they're, they're agnostic, they're atheistic, they don't believe in a God, but they, under, they, 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 hear, they hear it, but they, don't, they hear the word of God, but they don't know the voice of God. See, knowing the voice of God is what's critical because the voice of God is what makes the word of God come alive. The voice of God is what gives you the ability to speak the words of God. The voice of God is what gives you the direction in your life. The voice of God is what makes, what, what, what makes Isaiah 30 uh, verse 21, whether you turn to the right, you turn to the left, your ears will hear uh, a voice behind you saying, this is the way walk ye in it. Unless you know the voice of God, you don't know that. You don't know the way to walk and so you're in confusion. And here's what most people do. Because of that, they just kind of sit down and go, well, whatever. Maybe it's just not for me. (laughs) You better hope it's for you because you're a sheep and he's the shepherd. And the Bible says that we as his sheep will know the voice of the shepherd. So two questions about knowing and hearing the voice of God. Number one, do I really want to hear God's voice? Do I really want to hear God's voice? Well, sure I do. No, 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 no. Do you really want to hear God's voice? Or do you just want to be casual in your faith? Because some of us think ignorance will save us. Can I tell you something? If I go home and I reach under the, the kitchen sink into the cupboard and I, grab, and I grab some Clorox bleach and I drink it, I'm going to die whether I realize that it's bleach or it's not. Ignorance does not save me. If I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, And the power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me. He has given me the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. I better know his voice. But the question is, do I want to? Do I have a desire to? Romans chapter 8 verse 14 says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. How do you know if they're the children of God? If they're led by the Spirit of God. How do you know if you're led by the Spirit? Because you have the ability to hear the leading of the Holy Spirit. This is not just something for the pastor. It's something for your life. This is most counseling. This is why I don't do a lot of counseling. This is why, quite frankly, I, I, I don't despise counseling. I, I think counselors are very gifted people. I have great respect if you're a counselor because I don't have that ability. Because most people that want counsel... They don't want advice. They want affirmation. 
They want to sit there and they want me or someone else to tell them that what they're doing is right. They want me or someone else to justify their actions. They really don't want to change. They just want to get it out. And then they want somebody to pat them on the back and say they're okay. And you go to a counselor and he says, well, how does that make you feel? Frustrated. Right? So, so the, the deal is, is, is do I want to hear God or I just want God to listen to me? Do I really want to hear from God or I just want to speak to God? Because if I don't want to hear from him, he's not going to speak to me. Oh, he'll speak, but I won't hear it because I'm not tuned in to hear it. I don't want to hear it. The second question is, do I really want to be close to God? Do do, do I really want to be close to God? If I want to hear the voice of God, do do I really want to be close to God? You go, that's kind of crazy. No, there's a lot of people. Let me ask you this. Just ask yourself this question. Do you want to be close to God? The, The natural reaction to that is yes. When was the last time you prayed more than 30 minutes alone with the Lord? When was the last time you read more than a verse in the Bible? Well, it's been a busy week, Pastor. It's been a rough time. It's just, no. It's like anybody. If you want to be with them, if you want to be around them, if you desire that, you'll make room for that. We do in life what we want to do. If we want to watch our favorite TV show, we make time for it. If we want to go work out, we make time for it. If we want to eat, we make time for it. If we want to do something, we make time for it. And I understand there are seasons in life, but I'm saying by and large that becomes the the case. And James chapter 4 verse 8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. You initiate the drawing near to him and then he will come to you. How do you do that? How do you draw near to God? I'm so glad you asked. It's called spiritual disciplines. And and some of you go, well, spiritual what? Prayer. Prayer is a conversation with God. On a regular basis, prayer, where you're just speaking to God and you're giving God time to talk back to you. It doesn't have to be in a posture, in a particular kneeling or in service. I mean, I say this all the time. I, I, sit, I get up early in the morning most, most days, and I have a cup of coffee, and I sit there sometimes in the quiet and in the darkness of the room, and I just begin to talk to the Lord. Lord, and I begin to walk through the Lord's prayer, not reciting it, because he doesn't say recite his prayer. He said pray in this manner. And so I walk through that prayer. Uh, spiritual discipline is solitude, getting alone. Some of you, there's so much white noise in your life. There's so much background noise in your life. There's so much confusion. There's so much going on. You would do well just to get alone. Just, just, just to take a trip to the North Woods and get alone. To retreat. Now, I'm not talking about vacation. Going to Disney World, you've got to have a vacation when you don't have the vacation. I'm talking about retreat. To retreat from, to withdraw from a normal activity and schedule. Change of place plus change of pace equals change of perspective. That ability to retreat, to recreate yourself. Um, uh, worship, what we just did a few minutes ago. Journaling, writing those things out. Some of you go, I'm just not a very verbal, verbally articulate person, but I, I like to write. Journaling, that do that. Word, getting into God's Word and studying it. Studying, getting a good concordance, getting a good, uh, a, a good study aid, getting a good commentary, and begin to work through Scripture. Fasting. We talked about that a few minutes ago where, where, you, where you draw close to God and you would draw from a normal, a normal schedule. And here's the deal. is I'm not saying you do all those. I'm saying you do one of those that work for you because it's all based on your wiring. Let me give you an example. Solitude does not work for me. I'm not wired that way. I don't, I, it frustrates me. I can't go on a silent prayer retreat. It's just not my gifting. Can you imagine that? I don't, I don't if I'm on an airplane for two hours, I, it's a long time not for me to talk. 
I remember one time I was traveling with Telvin Jeffries, and, and we were in the car, and I was just, and he looked at me and said, you don't like silence very much, do you? No, I don't. I, I, I'm, the, I'm, a ver, I'm a verbal person. But retreating works wonderful for me. Because I get so ingrained in what I do, and if I'm not careful, I'll become a workaholic, and I will let the work of God kill the work of God in me, that I need time on a regular basis where I push back from a normal routine, I switch things up, change of place plus change of pace equals change of perspective, and I retreat from a normal schedule and get into something else, and it's in those moments that God just speaks to me. Some of you, to break up that, that continuity of, of your life and that regimen is totally disruptive to your schedule. But you love solitude. Some of you, it's worship. Some of you are nonverbal and you like to write. I'd love to tell you that I journal all the time. I cannot tell you how many journals that I have purchased and started and never gotten beyond page three. Because I'm just, I'm too verbal. And now if you give me like a, like a little digital recorder, I mean, I could talk all day long. Find what works for you. But let me show you this just kind of as an analogy when we talk about, do you want to hear God's voice? Do I really want to hear the voice of God? Do I want to be close to God? It's kind of like a cell phone. People get a cell phone and go, well, man, you know, I've had no calls. Well, my first question is, is the power on? Well, yeah, you got the power on. Because if you don't have the power on, there's not going to be any phone calls coming in, right? You have a device that has the ability to pick that up, to, to, get, to get the voice. But if you don't have it on, it doesn't work, correct? And so the first thing is, do I really want to hear the voice of God? Then you better turn the power on. You better do what's in your ability to turn those things on, to say, God, I surrender all. God, I want to be close to you. God, I want to be around you. God, I want to hear your voice. God, I will practice whatever spiritual discipline, less of me, more of you. Here I am. I'm not leaving this place till you speak. Here it is. Turn the power on. And some people go, well, man, my power's on, man. It's on. I got apps, 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 more apps. I, I got all kinds of apps. I got everything. It's on. Man, I'm sending out emails. I'm sending out text messages. Man, I'm doing everything. Facebook postings. I'm Twittering, tweeting, tweeting, whatever I'm doing. It's all going out right here. But nothing seems to come back. I would say go to your settings and find out. Are you just in the send mode or are you in the receive mode? What do you mean by that? Are you in the airplane mode? Because airplane mode, everything works, but nothing comes back. Do I really want, because if I really want to hear the voice of God, I've got to draw near to him. I've got to put myself in a frequency where I can hear his voice, where I get on his page. Not he gets on my page, and I do that. And, 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 and because sometimes people go, I have a phone, and I should be able to hear, but the power's not on. I have a phone, and the power's on, and I'm sending everything out, but yet nothing's coming back. Do you really want to hear from God? And are you really willing to get close to God? Because unless you really want to hear from him, unless you really want to get close to him, he's a gentleman. He's not going to push his way. But my caution to you is the Bible says that the sheep know the voice of the shepherd. If you're a sheep, you want to be a sheep, on judgment day, you better know that voice. All right, I want to know the voice. I'm going to be close to God. I'm going to turn the power on. I'm going to turn, make sure I'm not on airplane mode. I'm going to do everything right. How do I hear the voice of God in a practical manner? Two ways that we hear the voice of God today. One is through the Bible. One is through the Bible, through the Word of God. Whether you have it in digital format on your smartphone or on your iPad, or, or, or whether you have it in paper and in print in front of you, it's through the Word of God. I want to read you a couple of scriptures. I just want you to listen to this. Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but every word that comes out of the mouth of God. 
Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 says, But the word of God is living, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul and the spirit, to the joints and to the marrow. It's the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, Keep this book of the law, God's word, always on your lips, talking about it. Meditate it. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Let me tell you, God does not speak twice on a subject. God will tell you once. And if God's already spoken on a particular subject, he does not have to reestablish that. And, and, and so if God's already spoken about the subject that you're questioning in your life and, and the wisdom that you need in your life and it's already in the word of God, God's not going to speak to you about what he's already spoken to you about. God doesn't change his mind. The Bible says God changes not. And, and, and he, he's constant and he's unchanging and, and, and he's always the same. And so you can always go back to the word of God. And so if you want to know what God has to say about debt, go to the word of God and see what God says about debt. The Bible says that the debtor is... is, 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 is Basically, under the hand of the lender. Do you want to know what God says about sex outside of marriage? It says sex outside of marriage is sin. That God has this way for sex to be used, but it's within the the covenant of of a husband and of a wife, of a man and of a woman. And when those two come together, they should not part. You know, God, the, what, what does the Bible say? Whatever the subject may be that you're dealing with, what does God say about work? Well, God says that work is good. Matter of fact, if you don't work, then you're worse than, than, than someone who, who doesn't know the things of God. That work predates the fall of man. What does God say about church? The Bible says that Jesus loves the church and he gave himself for it and that he's building the church and that the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So you better be going to church. You don't have to say, oh, God, should I go to church? Should I just sit at home and watch it on TV? You know, some, some people, some of we fall out of the stupid tree, don't we? Really? Because we just go like, oh, really? Duh. He just said stupid. Yeah, I just said stupid. Stupid tree. And, and which means you're really, really dumb because God's already said it. He's not going to repeat himself. He doesn't have a stuttering problem. He doesn't have an issue with his speech. He doesn't need to talk, t- tell it twice. He's going to tell it once. Period. Should I kill somebody? They really were really ugly to me. Should I kill them? No, the Bible says you should not mur- murder your fellow man, right? I mean, it, it's very clear. I'm, I'm being facetious, but I'm just saying, go back to the word. What does it say? And, 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 and the word of God begins the, the, the voice of God. You say, well, I thought earlier you said, you know, if you got to know the word, know the voice. But yeah, know both. Know what God's word says, but it's not just enough just to know what the word says. It's what does his voice say? What is he saying? What is he? It, it's that word of God that, that makes it a real, that makes it alive, that makes it fresh in your life. Know the word. Go back to what the word says. God will never violate the word. He'll never violate his word. He's, he's responsible for two things, keeping the principles and the promises of his words intact. So you can go back to that. The second way that we hear the voice of the Lord is through the, through the vehicle, through the person of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is a third person of the triune Godhead. I don't know why we get so wigged out about the Holy Spirit. Ooh, I think it's because we think of like the Holy Spirit like it's a spirit, like Casper the Friendly Ghost kind of stuff. Or maybe it's some Stephen King novel or somewhere in between. It's a little bit... No, the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 16, that the Spirit, speaking of the Holy Spirit, himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. He speaks to us. He works through us. 
Jesus says, here's how it works. John chapter 16, he's explaining it. If you read the whole chapter, it's fascinating. But, but John chapter 16, verse 12 through 15, Jesus said, I have much more to say to you, much more than you can bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit comes, he will guide you into all truth. That's the role of the Holy Spirit. And he will not speak of his own, but he will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. For he will glorify me because it is me that you will receive from what has been made known to you. And that that that, that belongs to the Father that is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he has made, will make known to you. The Holy Spirit will speak to you. He will lead you into all truth. He will lead you and guide you. The role of the Holy Spirit is to point to Jesus. He's your comfort and he's your convictor. He's your guide. The the Greek word is paraclete, which means one that walks alongside, one that walks with you, like a companion, like a guide. It's like if you're going to go track in the upper mountains in Tibet and you get a guide to walk you through to take you through the back country it's like if you're going to go fish and in canada and you want to make sure you're going to hit the right spots you hire a guide to take you out to the best spots to be able to catch the fish that you want to catch the holy spirit is like a personal on star system sorry to degrade it to that but i think we all understand that that he's there that when you're lost you can say where am i and he's got i got you here's how to go when you're needing direction he's able to be able to speak to you directly and say i know where you are let me walk you through this you've gotten off the road let me help you through this is this the right way to go no do not go this direction begin to walk this direction the holy spirit will be become the voice of god he is the voice of god he is god he's the third person of the trinity he's not weird he's not wild he's there in and of your life and and the amazing thing to me is that we're cool with the father and we're cool with the son but we wigged out with the holy ghost and i don't understand that because the holy spirit's role is to lead us and to guide us his role is basically on this earth from now until eternity from the time jesus left until jesus comes back again that's the dispensation of the holy spirit the holy spirit is the person of god that's been given to the church been given to us as christ followers to speak the words of god into our lives and he will never violate scripture he will always be his words will always be confirmed with scripture Does that make sense? Because sometimes people go, well, I think I heard the Lord telling me that I need to be happy. And my wife of 20 years, Lord, help, she is not making me happy. So the Holy Spirit said to me, yea, verily, I was saying to thee, get yourself a new wife, a young bride, and be happy. Does that support in Scripture? No. That's not the Holy Spirit. That's bad chipotle. That's a demonic spirit, right? That's from the pit of hell. So my point is, is, is you can't just make God say what you want him to say. It always goes back to, is it supported with Scripture and is it there? Let me give you just a couple of practical ways that the Holy Spirit speaks. And I'm going to be done. When the Holy Spirit speaks, sometimes the way he speaks is through a resonating or reoccurring thought or idea. You ever heard, like in a weekend service like this, And there's something that's said, and you go, boom, that's exactly what I needed to hear. It just resonates with where I am. It's like God, it's like I knew where you were at, and I'm just speaking directly to it, and I have no clue. That's the working of the Holy Spirit. I had somebody say to me a few weeks ago, you know what, I don't necessarily get all the rock and roll and get all the smoke and the lights and the whole deal and everything else, but there's something about this place that I feel like I hear the voice of God. It's just this peace It's this intangible. That's the working of the Holy Spirit. That's another way the Holy Spirit speaks, is through peace. 
The Bible says, let the peace of God umpire or rule your heart. The word rule in the, in the original Greek means to umpire, to referee. You don't argue with the referee. You get thrown out of the game. Right? He calls it. That's it. And there's no replays. There's no coach throwing out the red, you know, the, the, the red flag saying, I, I think I want to re, 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 review of that play. No, 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 no. It's it. It's final. The Holy Spirit works through, sometimes through a passionate excitement. I mean, I remember when God called me into the ministry and made it real to me. There was something about it that just was like, yes, I will give my life. I will go. I will say. It gets me up in the morning, puts me to bed. That's the working of the Holy Spirit. That's God's voice saying, this is what I want for your life. This is it. It's that same confirmation of the Holy Spirit when, I'm, when, when, when Tammy and I were dating and I knew she was the one. She was it. I wanted to live the rest of my life and grow old with her and, and, and wind up in Boca Raton. We're still trying to get to Boca Raton, baby. Wind up in Boca Raton right in the old folks' home. That's who I wanted to live my life with. That's the movie. That's a Holy Spirit. And it's also that warning or that unsettling or that caution or that check. Some of you hear somebody say, I have a check in my spirit. It's that unsettling. It's that I can't put my finger on it. I can't quite close the loop, but something's not right here. It's not fear. God's not the author of fear. Don't let fear rule you. That's always the work of the enemy. And confusion is always working. work. I'm confused about this. That's always the work of the enemy. But when you go, you know what? I, I, I'm, I'm totally safe and secure, but I just have this unsettling that something's not right. There's more to this story. I don't have all the facts. I don't think the job that they're offering me is really going to be what it's going to be when I move to Denver. I don't think that it's really going to be what it's going to be when I... I'm not really sure that this person that I'm dating is really who they say they are. I'm not really sure that this person who wants to go in business with me is really who they say. See, that's the working of the Holy Spirit. Now, if you want to relegate God to, to the weekend, and you want to live your life on your own, then you're not hearing the voice of the Lord. That's not the role of the Holy Spirit. The role, voice, voice of the Holy Spirit doesn't just operate on the weekend. He works 24 hours a day, seven days a week, like 7-11. He is open. He is ready. But can you hear him? Oh, I know you heard him when you got saved. But can you hear him now? I know you heard him when you cried out to him in the hospital and your children were sick. And you asked God, God, please save my baby. But can you hear him now? I know you heard him back way back when, when you were at that church service, but can you hear him now? I know when you were in the prayer meeting and that midnight hour and you needed God to show up and you needed things to happen. I know you could hear him then, but can you hear him now? See, that's the question. The question isn't, is God speaking? The question is, is am I listening? Am I hearing? Am I in tune? Do I want to hear? Is, is, is the power source on? Am I, is my antenna up? Am I ready to receive? Or am I giving God the Heisman because I really don't want to know what he's says, or I'm afraid of what he's going to say, or I'm not really sure. The question isn't, did you hear him then, but can you hear him now? Because unless you can hear him now, you're not going to be able to walk, walk tomorrow. And don't think that you have what you have today because of what you've planted today. You have what you have today because of what you sowed yesterday. What you will have tomorrow will be what you will sow today. And unless you can hear him today, you're not going to sow that harvest of righteousness that God has planned for you tomorrow. Can you hear him now? That's the question. That's the question. That's the voice of the Holy Spirit that's speaking to your heart. Because some of you, the answer is no. No. 
Some of you have thought, man, I never knew that I could. I want to encourage you. I told you from the very beginning, we're going to leave shore. We're going to go deep. I'm going to push you in a spiritual realm because this has nothing to do with the building. It's God wanting to take you to a higher level. God wanting to do immeasurably more than you could think or ask. God wanting to excel beyond anything that you could ever imagine. God wanting to show up in your life, but He cannot lead you to that place unless you are listening. And unless you listen, you'll never be able to articulate and to speak the provision, to speak the vision to speak the preferable future that God has for you but if you'll open your ears that's the reason why the Bible says let him that has ears let him hear what the voice of God is saying he wants to take you there he wants to lead you in your business he wants to lead you into that marriage he wants to help you lead your children he wants to lead your home he wants to lead this church if we'll but listen to him in these next couple of weeks in a real practical way You're going to get alone with your spouse and you're going to say, I'm going to begin to pray and you're going to begin to pray and we're doing these devotionals and we're doing these things and we're going to say, God, I know that you've got me here at Life Church and I know that you want me to be a part of this church and I know that you're doing something great in this church and I know that pastor says that we're moving to this level because we're out of seats. We're going to provide seats because every time we provide seats, you provide souls and that's what the Bible says that we're all about is to go into all the world, preach and teach the gospel. That's a great commandment. So God, what's my role in this? And you'll pray and your wife will pray. Or your husband will pray. And then you'll get together. What do you think? You know, you tell me what you're thinking. Well, you tell me what you're thinking. Well, I'm going to tell you. Tell me what you're thinking. No, you tell me. You, know, you tell me first. No, really, you tell me first. You tell me first. You write down. I write down. And we'll show it. One, two, three. And it's going to many times be the exact same amount. Because God is speaking. Are you listening? God is moving. There's so many times I wish when I sat on this platform that people wouldn't look at me as a pastor or as a minister, as someone trying to move them from point A to point B, but just one beggar telling another beggar where to find food. God is moving. God wants to do so much in your life, Life Church, if you will but let him and just listen. Listen.